Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, For this month, in the spirit of our It Takes a Village season, uh, we're going to hear from some outside voices. And today, uh, we get to catch up with a dear friend of mine and of Southridge's, one of the co-executive directors of the Global Leadership Network here in Canada, named Rob Warren. Rob, say hi to everybody. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Southridge. It's great to be with you here today. Thanks for uh, inviting me to join you on this podcast, Jeff. Uh, last month during our It Takes a Village month of podcasts, we had your lovely and talented wife, Lois. And so we figured like it's your turn this year. So uh, hopefully you can live even close oh, to the gold standard that she set in this conversation last year. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I, I don't, I, I, that's a, that's a pretty high standard that you set out for us, but we we'll give it our best and uh, we'll give it our best, Jeff. Good, good. Hey, uh, how are things going in your world and family and whatever? Just catch us up on, on your life these days. Yeah, thanks. It's, uh, you know, I think we've all kind of gone through a, an interesting season, uh, you know, on a personal level. Um, there's lots that we've learned as a family. Uh, we've spent a lot more time together. We've spent more time outdoors. Uh, we've slowed our pace down quite a bit, which has been uh, fantastic. Loved that. Um, I think the um, recognizing where we want to go in the future, I think it's going to be interesting for us to try to figure out what the new normal is going to be for us, because I think there's been some beautiful parts of what we've experienced but I can tell you now that we're starting to meet back with people again and to be in the same rooms and in the same backyards having some barbecues. I can tell you that I have so missed the relational side of community. And um, I'm just thankful to be back into relationship with people, not over screens, but together again. And um, so I'm really encouraged by that. Um, just like kind of on a on a ministry level, uh, you know, I... I'm a bit of an entrepreneurial leader, you know that, and um, we love change. We love to, we thrive on new ideation, but this has been a tough season for leaders. I think it's been a tough season for all of us that are, that are navigating the leadership journey. And um, so I'm, I'm, while I'm excited to lean into the new season that we have, I do come in with probably not a full tank, right? And I think I come in with a spot where we're just saying we're excited about the new season, but uh, recognize that we've got uh, we've got to do some filling up of the tank as well in this season as we move forward. Yeah, it is a weird summer, isn't it? Where you know typically this is really a focus on replenishment, but with the reopening happening over the summer, we're kind of obliged to give some attention to ramping up and rebuilding momentum at a time that's normally a season of replenishment after a season that's probably been more exhausting than normal. And so uh, it, it's, it's wise of you, Rob, to, to be monitoring kind of your, your emotional equilibrium closely right now, because I think for a lot of us, not just in the church, in the marketplace and business and, and, you know, other uh, facets of life, it's, it's, it's a very similar dynamic. Yeah, no, it's, that's for sure. What would you say, you mentioned you've learning a lot. What would you say that you've most learned through the year and a half of pandemic? Yeah, I think there's a lot of learning that I would kind of jump into. Um, I, I think the the piece that I 
that is sitting probably most heavily with me these days, Jeff, is this, this observation of the world that when we became pressurized under the pandemic, um, it wasn't just the pandemic that uh, we started to see the, we just did, we saw more than just the pandemic results. We saw, started to see areas of, um, you know, polarization that took place uh, across our world and our, in our country, in leadership, uh, in the church that has weighed quite heavily on me over the last, um, the last number of months. And I just, I just, uh, I think that I, I've seen as a, as a leader and as a learner, I've recognized that how these situations are being walked through um, really comes down to the testament of great leadership. And so as I'm, as I'm learning and I'm watching, I'm watching how different leaders are responding to the different challenges in front of them and recognizing that it's um, uh, certain leaders are rising right up right now and other leaders are crumbling under this intense pressure. And um, so just observing that we're all in different places and we're not all leading at the same rate these days and recognizing that... Um, I need to just, like you were saying earlier, I just need to be careful of where I am in my own leadership journey and, and, and not push too hard into things that I shouldn't be pushing hard into at this stage. Hmm. That's a great segue into your ministry life because for a number of years now, you and your wife Lois have been leading the Global Leadership Network Canada. For those of us listening uh, to either of you for the very first time uh, who might not be familiar what is the GLN Canada? And in a nutshell, Rob, what does it do? Mm, yeah. So the GLN exists to activate and equip Christians to use their influence and their leadership to make transformational differences in the community and the world, right? And so, you know, we believe that all of this starts with um, kind of that, we'll use a transformational event in people's lives that whether it's the Global Leadership Summit or another instance where it kind of shapes the vision of who we want to be. And so the GLN um, exists to help those types of leaders be a more effective in what they do. And so we host something called the Global Leadership Summit. It's, that's one of the primary things that we do. And around the world, typically 400,000 people will attend one of these events in over 120 countries, 62 languages. But in Canada, we'll have between six and 10,000 people typically attending the GLS. Um, and in non-pandemic times, we gather together in cities. But during pandemic times, we're gathering in smaller groups to, to take in some learning about leadership, but it's not just about leadership. It's about a certain type of leadership. It's about a leadership. It's about leadership that is centered on others and is creative and focused on transforming the world that we live in to a, into a better place for Jesus sake. If you think about the, the kind of poster child person that you're trying to affect as a ministry, Describe for me the kind of impact that your ministry makes when it's working right. Mm. Yeah, the you know we we really look at every single sector of our society as um, our ministry mandate. We just look at whether you're working in a hospital, whether you're working um, on a front line in a shelter. Uh, whether you're leading a church um, or whether you're working in the government, we believe that every single Christian has influence. And so we just want to activate those hearts and minds to see what their potential impact could be in whatever their 
whatever their current environment is. Yeah. Yeah. This is important for those of us listening because a lot of our listeners aren't, you know, official church staff or, you know, board members, senior leaders in churches. And so we may tend to kind of dismiss the ministry of the Global Leadership Network and the GLN Canada as not for us. When, as I'm listening to you, Rob, you know, I could be working on a construction job site. I could be a school teacher. Um, you know, I could be in social services or whatever. And and I actually am the green, if not the red circle bullseye of why your ministry exists, because you believe that everyone has influence. And that's, a, I think, a huge corrective for those of us who are listening today. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't, there's, there are a number of things that get me super excited, but one is when I see entire organizations signing up their people and it doesn't matter their faith background. They just understand that if we all get better as leaders with a different type of leadership, our organization will be more effective. Our, we're going to be able to serve our community better. So it, it's funny from your region, I believe that I just uh, saw some, uh, an organization that builds windows that just signed up 20 20 people from their organization and and they are manufacturers of windows and they just believe that if they invest in their people this way that their people are going to be better husbands and wives they're going to be better community stewards they're going to be better leaders in their organization rob in that vein um, when you think back to when you and lois took this job what would you say was your white hot why for wanting to lead this ministry yeah, Jeff, you, you know the story, but we, we led a business uh, that had, it was a retail business and we had 40-ish staff and our management team was younger. Um, they were in their 20s and 30s and the GLS was just one of those ways that we can invest in them as a team. And so annually we'd, we'd go to the GLS together and we'd land on some vision that we could kind of incorporate back into our organization um, and we'd spend time over the next year kind of pulling out the books and working through the books together in our, in our leadership conversations. But what we really loved about the GLS is that for many of our colleagues, they like weren't in places that provided opportunity for spiritual conversations. And the GLS stimulated these conversations and uh, we loved it. So it was kind of like a third place for us. Like we had our work environment, we had our church environment that we went to, but we loved how the GLS kind of brought those two places together. And uh, we got to learn together in our leadership worlds and our business worlds, but we also got to learn together kind of in a spiritual sense. And that was uh, that was really important for Lois and I as we were leading that business at the time. And, and that's why we, you know, we loved the GLS as volunteers. So let's drill into that because you mentioned already that kind of the cornerstone piece of the ministry of the Global Leadership Network, especially in Canada, is the Global Leadership Summit, the GLS. Um, I've heard through this conversation already, your passion come through about the effect that the GLS can have. Why would you say you're so passionate about the GLS these days? Well, you know, Jeff, we're heading into kind of a year like we were describing earlier, like we are all coming into summer of 2021, uh, going through 18 months of what nobody in our generation has ever gone through before. Uh, and so in a normal year, I'd be excited to go to the GLS just because I wanted to continually to incrementally improve my leadership. 
every year I would come because I want to incrementally improve it by having a new idea placed in my mind, by catching a, a, a new picture of the future. But honestly, in 2021, I'm most excited about stepping in because I know that I'm going to be refreshed and given not just like some incremental help, but I believe I'm going to be fed with some new pictures of the future. And I think that for all of us in leadership, we are in the process of wrestling through um, what stays and what the future is going to be. Like we're, we're in that wrestling point. And so I'm interested in just kind of immersing myself for a couple of days and thinking about what it is that the future has in store for us as a ministry, as well as for me individually and for those that are around us. For those of us listening, a lot of us have taken in the GLS as a Southridge host site uh, over the last number of years. And this year will be the second year that essentially we're, we're participating online. Um, speaking to our people, those of us who are listening, aside from just signing up and attending, knowing the GLS now is in just a couple of weeks time, uh, in early August, how would you say our people can make the absolute most of this year's GLS experience. Can you give us some tips along those lines? Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, you guys have been, your team at Southridge and your community at Southridge has um, built the GLS into its culture, right? And so you know what it's like when you all come in the building together in the summer and the community's around and there's so much energy and you all kind of, uh, you embrace that piece of it. Unfortunately, we're not going to be back there again this year. We're getting closer, but we're not going to be back. So, But we do know that we learn better together. We know that those environments are better when we're together. And so we're just encouraging people to think about what are the smaller groups that you could be kind of gathering around the table for the GLS this year? Like, is it, a, maybe it's a church team. Maybe it's like one of your ministry teams that are working together. Uh, maybe it's a you know, some colleagues from work or uh, just even a group of friends. But I would say, don't just take the GLS in by yourself in your basement, but find some colleagues, find some peers that you can just lean into it together. I, I think on a couple of levels, first of all, the content is more rich when you can start to, you know, uh, bounce it back and forth with each other, right? But also we're at a time where we need to start rebuilding community. So I try to figure, find out what those small groups are that you can be putting together. And then, you know, I think it, as a small group, you also are able to encourage each other in certain giftings that you might just even see come out of that that leadership conversation. So I would say try to figure out who you can do it with this year. Very good. Um, I want to skip ahead because I know that so often the GLN gets associated with the GLS almost exclusively, yet for you and Lois, you have a massive heart beyond just for leadership. You have a heart for the church and for the church in Canada. And coming out of the pandemic, your ministry is looking to grow beyond just hosting the GLS and to try to serve uh, leaders in churches to a greater degree. Can you talk about that heart and where you see this going uh, in the year or years to come? It's interesting, Jeff, as we've been, you know, you and I've been talking about this now for a number of months and just trying to um, really discern um, the, how we best serve the local church leader. 
And uh, it's this season we've watched, as we were talking about earlier, we've watched church leaders undergo a different type of pressure than other leaders have undergone. Um, you know, other leaders, we've kind of gone through the process of making organizational decisions. Like we've we figured out how to get from here to there in a in a pandemic environment. But as spiritual leaders, and your congregation will know this just even by the way your team leads, um, spiritual leaders carry a different weight. It's not just about organizational decisions. It's about how do we help our people from a spiritual perspective navigate the turbulent time that we're in. And um, so I just, my heart is especially um, burdened by this as I watch the weight that that's placed on leaders in the church. As you look forward, Rob, what what do you imagine the future of your ministry looking like as it continues to build momentum around the GLS and at the same time better come alongside leaders who are in the trenches of local churches, not even just paid staff, but volunteer leaders of all kinds of ministries, worship ministry leaders, first impressions ministry leaders, kids ministry leaders, student leaders, you know, just leaders who find themselves as part of building that God's plan A of the leaders uh, of the local church. How does the future of your ministry look? Well, I think, um, Again, I, I think it's important to recognize the incredible change that's taking place in the church today. Like the number one, that we we all have to look around and recognize that the the landscape of the local church is changing a lot today. And um, so I I know that as leaders, we're trying to figure out what does that mean in the future. What's the reality that we're moving into? Um, what from the past is going to stay there? What are we going to What are we going to adopt to the future? Uh, what will it just eventually just fade away? We won't even remember that we used to do it that way. Um, so I think there's a lot to consider, and I I think that what we're what we're feeling as a ministry is that we need to help support the new way, and we don't even know what the new way is because it's just being developed, right? It's just being God is kind of starting to show His new way for the church in Canada, and so we think that there's a real opportunity for church leaders to come together. As practitioners, people that are in the church, that are living out the church, that are figuring out how to to be Jesus to their communities and and to each other, um, that they're they're finding ways um, that are going to be different, and we need to start sharing some of those best practices. So we just see ourselves as a ministry coming alongside those leaders and providing um, a way to express what we're learning um, and provide some stream of communication in a collective network across the country um, where we can share some best practices and we can try some things. Uh, We can talk about what didn't work and what is working. Um, But I I think that it's going to be less prescriptive and it's going to be more that we're going to walk alongside people uh, to see how the church is being transformed in this new, in this new day. Uh, A number of our listeners know that Southridge as a local church is in the process of developing its own ministry, specifically focused on leadership development called the Leaders Village to number one, raise the profile of leadership development for our church. Number two, to raise the leadership development profile as a church and sharing that with others. 
But number three, to partner with other leadership development ministries to do objectives number one and two better. Uh, knowing the closeness of our relationship and your long history and partnership, partnering with Southridge, um, how do you see this emerging heart that you and Lois and the GLN Canada have uh, working together with our Southridge Leaders Village to a greater degree? Yeah, you guys are... You guys are a bit ahead of the curve on this, and we're excited about working on that concept with you guys, um, taking some of the learning the church has had and making it available to others, and really want to grow, take what you're learning and help others grow along with you in that process. Uh, along those lines, knowing that you want to take Southridge Innovations to the broader country, I know that you've got mass connection and exposure to what's happening in the broader country that I'm hoping you can bring even in this conversation back to Southridge. So knowing the vantage point of the church in Canada that you and Lois have, what have you seen churches kind of learning or navigating these days, maybe specifically responding to COVID or maybe just in general, where has the church really been shining these days? Yeah, it's your um, as as you look at even in your region, you'll see a, a huge diversity in how the church has responded during the pandemic time. And what's been beautiful is that for many churches, this has been a shining, shining moment where they've been able to step in and lean into their community, recognize areas of need, and just wholeheartedly lean into it. Sometimes entire entire cities, multiple churches will come around a cause together and they'll just lean into that where they've taken down a bunch of barriers. Um, I think on the opposite side of that, though, we've seen a lot of churches and their leadership, they've, you know, they've struggled, Jeff, right? Like we've seen that together where they're like, I, they almost like their hands get a little bit tied. And um, so I, I think that for the church moving forward, we're hoping that more of those churches that have leaned into it and have been able to kind of bless their community and, and grow together, they'll actually be able to step in beside some of these churches who have kind of had their hands tied and they weren't really sure how to navigate it and be able to help some of them along. What have you seen in your area? I've seen a lot of what you've already talked about. Mass polarization, COVID accentuating, all kinds of other struggles that were maybe under the hood that people weren't paying attention to that are now coming to the surface. And it feels like the world that we're entering into out of COVID is actually more confusing and yeah. more difficult to navigate than we realized when the pandemic first hit. We thought the pandemic was tough. I think the future coming out of the pandemic might be arguably even tougher. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Jeff, for sure. But we'll see. Um, Rob, as you talk to church leaders coast to coast, what do you feel people are learning the most about ministry these days through the process of reopening? The process of reopening is going to be different for everybody. And I think we've seen that right across the country where we've seen entire provinces open up very quickly and other provinces have a very slow approach. From a leadership perspective, the, um, the challenge has been to really know your congregation well and to communicate well in advance what the the strategy is going to be and why the strategy is playing out the way it is. And I think churches that have done that have done a, have done a great job. They've tried to lay, lay out a roadmap of where they're going to reopen and how they're going to reopen. I, one of the um, observations that I've had in, in watching a number of churches is that reopening is going to be slow. 
people are going to take a very methodical approach to it because we don't know if we'll have to take a step back. And so it'll be a slow process where we're not going to be all in again, but we're going to take intentional steps to move things forward to kind of what the new future is going to look like. Um, but there's a lot of challenges, Jeff. I, uh, you know, people that will have various um, levels of comfort in being indoors for an hour next to people. Um, there's going to be a lot of challenges that people are going to walk through. Do we do we hug each other? Do we fist bump each other? Do we? Um, what do we do with people that are still wearing masks? Is that a problem or is it not a problem? They sit in different spaces. So there's there's a lot of learning that we're going to do together as we move forward. And I think it's just going to require a lot of grace. Um, but the churches that are doing it, that understand the their congregations well, they're walking through it, and they're communicating the process well, um, we will see those people happy to be together in time. But it's going to take some time. I would agree. It's still going to take some time. Hey, uh, let's wrap up with, with one final section of questions, uh, just about the soft spot that you and Lois have uh, for Southridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as someone with this national view of the church, what do you see that's unique about Southridge that you cheer on and are proud of? Well, there's a lot of things that we cheer on at Southridge. You guys are, as as a community, are, are an amazing community. And uh, I think that one of the, when we describe your community to others, and we describe your community often to others, we talk about the fact that you love others well by serving them in ways that others wouldn't normally serve. You know, you do that through your anchor causes. Your your anchor causes are specific and they're focused and they're impactful. They're not just like, they're not stickies on a board that says, oh, we should do this. They are a part of who you are. And I think as a church, you need to be, you need to know that you're unique in that, in that way and that you have incredible impact and others from the outside are looking in and are learning from you. I think the other thing that I've observed in your church over this period of time is that while Sundays are important for you um, and you'll be happy, I'm sure you guys will be happy to be, you know, meeting back together in person. Um, It's not central to who you are, right? And that's key because not all churches have been built that way. A lot of churches were built around the Sunday centric experience. And I think that as a, as a ministry and as a church, you guys have built discipleship structures and you've built the love for the community through your anchor causes that um, has really created a differentiation from a lot of other churches across the country. Hmm. Similarly, Rob, when you kind of look at the national landscape of churches, knowing us as a group here in Niagara called Southridge, what would you say Southridge has the most to learn from the broader church in Canada? I think that all churches, Jeff, are are going to be learning from each other in this next season. And I don't think that there's a a specific um, lesson that Southridge is going to learn from the global church. But I bet there's going to be a lot of little lessons. I think that one of the biggest lessons that we can all learn, um, if I can just apply it as I'm looking across the board, is that we need to have extra grace for diversity within the church. We're going to have diversity of opinions 
politically. We're going to have diversity of opinions in lots of different areas. And the church will be at its very best space when we give each other extra grace to have diversity so that we can actually build true unity in diversity. So I, I think that I think as the church in general, and I'm sure some of this will apply to Southridge, I think the more that we can do that, I think the more effective our churches will be across the country. Hmm, that's great. Um, Rob, any final thoughts or encouragements or challenges to our members and listeners? either when it comes specifically to leveraging the GLS like never before or to embracing this time in history and living for Jesus like we never have before. Uh, it's a time to lean in. And this is, a, I think sometimes when we get to these seasons, we, we're confronted with the opportunity to either lean in or we just kind of lean back and just see what's going to happen. And um as we look into the coming out of the pandemic, this is for sure a time that we just have to lean in as the church. And that'll mean different things for different people. It'll mean leaning in in your own personal walk. It might mean leaning into your family in a different way. It might lean leaning into your work in a different way. But I think the church has a real opportunity to lean in this year. And so I would use the summit as one of those catalysts for leaning in. Use it as one of those ways that you're going to kind of get fired up and inspired and encouraged. You know, it's happening August 5th and 6th, so it's just around the corner. So the first thing I need to do is go buy a ticket. That's the only way you're going to get into it. But then I would just pull together some friends and just say, and, you know, prayerfully say, what are we going to try to get from this, this, the summit this year that's going to help us lean into this new season that we're in? And, you know, I believe that God's given all of us unique gifts and talents and skills and um, during this next season, we're just going to, we're all going to have to lean in with the very best of what we have in order for us to, and the church to be what it's designed to be. And for Jesus to be glorified in the process. The GLS has always been a contributor in our ministry rhythm to infusing energy and momentum. And gang, as you're listening to Rob, knowing the time in history and in the pandemic that we're in, just starting to reopen now, uh, there's probably never been a year where we could use energy and momentum more than this year. So like Rob said, buy a ticket. If you're wondering you know, where to go and how to get our, our host church rate, uh, go to the event page on our website. But uh, let's make a point in uh, tracking together in this. Like Rob said, let's do it together with others and experience the transformational power of the GLS in groups. But uh, really make the most of this season. Rob, thanks to you and Lois for the way that you serve us and so many Christians and churches across the country. We love you guys. We're cheering you on for another great summit. And uh, just appreciate all of you who are listening today and continue to track with us. We'll see you again next week as we keep finding our way together. Take care, everybody. <laughs>